the weirdest news of 2023 on Weird AF News. This is part two of a two-part series. We're covering what I believe is the weirdest stories that were covered on Weird AF News this past year. In this episode, you're going to hear about people pooping on possums, horse hookers, butt drugs, and divorcing ghosts. Oh yeah, gay Pop-Tarts too. I mean, it's a great episode. So sit back and enjoy part two of the weirdest news of 2023. Here we go. A Sonic fast food employee was arrested after a customer found cocaine in her hot dog. Cocaine in the hot dog. Wow, I'm craving Sonic for some reason. I can't, I just really want to go to Sonic right now. I heard they got a good Coke dog. They're bringing back the Coke dog, guys. It was a hit last summer. They're bringing it back. A New Mexico Sonic employee was arrested after allegedly losing his bag of cocaine while preparing a hot dog. Well, you're making a lot of assumptions here that he lost it. Maybe this is a way he sells his cocaine. You order the uh, supersonic dog and you wink and you get yourself a supersonic supersonic dog. Yeah, because, well, if the cocaine's good, you'll be feeling supersonic. That's for sure. Authorities say 54-year-old Jeffrey David Salazar. It's 54 years old working at Sonic. Poor guy. Life isn't so great for Jeffrey. And he probably does a lot of chemicals. And in order to improve his station in life, he's selling chemicals through a New Mexico Sonic. You just got to order the supersonic dog. Wink, wink. You got it. Um, Let's find out about the woman who didn't anticipate getting cocaine in her hot dog and Of course, now she's going to spoil the whole operation. If she could have just shut up, we'd all be able to get coke at a Sonic. Uh, The woman is Celine Gonzalez. She told the police she was very surprised when she discovered the baggie of cocaine after taking a bite of her hot dog. Officers say Celine Gonzalez spit out the baggie, but didn't say whether or not she ingested any of the drugs. Well, yeah, you can't tell the authorities that you've ingested drugs. Then now, now you're uh, what's called culpable, I believe, right? Culpable, that means you've done something wrong. And now you're eligible for some sort of penalty. So never admit you ingested any of the drugs. Make, make them test you. <laughs> they hate that. They hate when, you, when they have to test you. That takes time and paperwork and, and chemistry. And that's just, and it might be hours have gone by. Meanwhile, the drugs can't be traced in your bloodstream anymore because so many hours have gone by. So always tell them, no, you test me. Don't admit to any taking of the drugs, especially when they're in a hot dog. Okay, okay, we got a quote from Celine Gonzalez, the, the woman who spit out the baggie but did not ingest any of the drugs. She says, I think it's pretty scary. We come here to get food for our families, and if a child found that, then that could have been pretty bad or even deadly. Uh, in a court filing, the officers claim that surveillance video from the restaurant showed Salazar, quote, frantically searching for something that he lost after making Gonzalez's order. Salazar admitted to the investigators that the baggie of drugs that was inside that hot dog belonged to him. And he said that he bought them from someone in the Sonic parking lot, which is a place that, you know, it's good to know that we can get drugs in a Sonic parking lot. I sort of thought you could. I never tried, but that might be the go-to spot from here on out, you know. Now, it doesn't indicate whether or not Salazar is going to lose his job at Sonic. It's it it's his job, but also doubles as the place where he gets his drugs. So it would be terrible if this environment was removed from his life. Uh, good thing is there's other Sonics that you can probably go to get your drugs at. And, you know, you, I wouldn't even um, put it past a Wendy's parking lot as a great place to score. Uh, I recommend behind a Subway restaurant. That's a great place to get <laughs> your party drugs. 
And by the way, I'm all for my fast food employees being on drugs. I want them to make my order quick. I want them to get right to that window quickly. I don't want them sleeping back there. Florida squatters create a meth island. Ooh, meth island. (laughs) Must be where the Nazis live between protests. (laughs) Meth island. Sounds like a great new resort. Better lines than Disney. Hey, better lines than Disney. Come on, guys. You get A1 material on the Florida Friday episode. It says here, one group of Florida residents found a way around those pesky, skyrocketing housing prices. They created their own little Florida village. Now, some locals refer to it as Meth Island. Others simply call it a downright nuisance. Now, Meth Island is actually one of several officially uninhabited islands in the area of Port Orange, Florida, just south of Daytona. It's actually pretty impressive, according to witnesses. But when you don't sleep for days, you have lots of time to do some things. This makeshift village slash island has its own welcome welcome center. <laughs> welcome center where they pass out a crack pipe. There's a four-story treehouse with living quarters. That sounds amazing. A treehouse? Oh, man, I'm not going to lie. As a kid, I wanted to build a giant meth fort. I thought that'd be a great, <laughs> a great way to spend my adulthood. Hey, guys, I go, come into my meth fort. <laughs> Apparently it says here at one time they had their own Airbnb with a room that you could rent for $10 a night on Meth Island in a treehouse. That sounds amazing. I would totally be into that. I'd just lounge on the island, do some drugs, eat some (laughs) iguana kebabs and hang out with the bears for 10 bucks a night. Uh, It says here this is way beyond any squatter camp anyone has ever seen in southwest Florida. It's well over a year's worth of crafting and formulation Finally, though, the South Daytona Police Department is shutting down Meth Island. On their Twitter and Facebook, they posted photos of the new trespass notices that they've placed on several of the islands, which are all near some sort of bridge. Under the bridge in Florida, I hung out on a meth trampoline. It looks like they were planning an expansion to the island, which is why the police stepped in. <laughs> what did they apply with the local construction organization? Uh, the police think they were trying to build a fifth floor to the treehouse <laughs> and remodeled the welcome center. <laughs> they were going to do an addition to the meth lab, too, I'd imagine. <laughs> what the hell, man? Oh, I can't make this up. Local police are having none of this, though. They moved right in, shut down Meth Island. Decommission the orgy fort, I'd imagine. <laughs> Says here, the idea of a homeless camp on an island is nothing new. Miami has been toying with the idea of doing just that. Last summer, they were talking about building 50 to 100 tiny homes for the homeless on Virginia Key, which is an 863-acre barrier island. That actually doesn't sound like such a bad idea. I mean, of all the places... They could build a tiny home for you if you're homeless on an island. It's amazing. But we're going to have to say goodbye to Meth Island, which is uh, it's unfortunate. But this gives me an idea for a, a survivor-type reality game show. I mean, Meth Island. Can you survive Meth Island? <laughs> this is wonderful, man. After 71 years, butt drugs is closing its doors. Oh, no, guys, they're closing butt drugs. Ah, Never thought I'd see the day that butt drugs would have to close. It's a very sad day in history. You guys know about butt drugs. 
It's a pharmacy in Louisville, Kentucky. It's one of Southern Indiana's best-known pharmacies. We have a quote here from Katie Butt Beckard. Katie's uh, she's part of the Butt family, and she's been affiliated with Butt Drugs for a long time. Katie wrote, This was a decision that did not come lightly, considering Butt Drugs has been serving our beloved community for over 70 years. 70-plus years of serving our community. Our community's butts have been served for decades. We've been serving our community butts, butt drugs for a long, long time. We got the best butt drugs, have had the best butt drugs, well, in, in all the counties around. So, very sad moment to shut down butt drugs. I know a lot of people are going to miss butt drugs. A lot of people's butts are going to miss, miss butt drugs as well. Says here, Katie's grandparents, the butt family, began the pharmacy in 1952 on East Chestnut Street. It was called William H. Butt Drugs. Her father continued it as butt Rexall drugs. She says, when I took over, purchased it from my father, we legally changed the name to just butt drugs, you know. We thought butt drugs is appropriate. We want to keep it simple. Just call it butt drugs, you know. Butt was the given name, you know. It's always been butt. I've been a butt. You know, the butt family is big time around here. And, you know, you make it what it is. You make it what life can be. You, you, you have fun with it. You know, when your last name's butt... You got to you got to laugh at life, you know. We've been laughing. Everybody's been laughing at us too. It's been a nice big joke, butt drugs, hasn't it? The pharmacy has used the family butt name in commercial jingles with clever puns. A commercial jingle. Hmm, seems like this is appropriate for a YouTube search, guys. Hold on one minute. Oh, Jonesy found it. The butt drugs commercial. Let's hear this jingle. I'm sure it's going to be good. There's a cry across the heartland, a yearning for the days gone by. And in little old Corden, Indiana, they're happy and they'll tell you why. They got butt drugs, they love butt drugs. Ba-ba-ba butt drugs, ba-ba-ba butt drugs. I recommend butt drugs for everybody. I can always count on butt drugs. When I think drugs, I think butt drugs. For all my health needs, I turn to butt drugs. Oh, I love it. It's so funny. I love the customers saying that they they always get their butt drugs at butt drugs. Butt drugs has been known for its old-fashioned soda fountain that they have inside. Ooh, a soda fountain. I love those. Get yourself a lime ricky. They also have a prescription pickup in the store's rear. Huh? How about that? They're, pick up your butt drugs in the rear. Drive around, drive around to the rear, get your butt drugs. People travel from all over just to get their, quote, I love butt drugs t-shirts, magnets, and hats. Katie says she and her staff are deeply saddened that they must close their doors. Now, while saying a farewell to butt drugs can feel a bit like a kick in the butt, Katie chooses to look in the rearview mirror and remember all the happy memories in the shop. While the doors will close next week, Katie says a business bearing the butt last name in the future isn't exactly off the table. She says the store will close permanently until they find a new idea or something different, perhaps a new niche for their butt. Are gay Pop-Tarts sexualizing our children? Did you guys know Pop-Tarts were gay? Oh, man. Another day, another classic food being canceled because it's gay. Let's find out what's going on with Pop-Tarts. Why are they so gay? I had no idea. I love Pop-Tarts. I miss them. I miss them. Uh, Pop-Tarts here. We have um, 
A former Trump advisor. We should probably stop right here, right? A former Trump advisor. (laughs) Okay. He's also, oh, it says great. He's a white nationalist. That's always helpful in the culture. The more white nationalists you have, the better. They're great. If you want to live in fear and paranoia, that's always wonderful. Xenophobia, I find to be awesome for the culture. More of that. We have this man's name, Stephen Miller. Okay, let's find out what this dumbass is all about. He filed a complaint with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission accusing Kellogg's, the makers of Pop-Tarts, of targeting children through marketing campaigns that politicize and sexualize their products. All right, Miller's right-wing nonprofit, America First Legal. America First Legal. I'm sure this nonprofit organization is doing a lot of good in the culture. They tweeted a list of these products, uh, which included a 2022 collaboration between pink lemonade Pop-Tarts with neon pink filling and Glad, G-L-A-A-D. I had to look that up. Glad is a nonprofit focused on LGBTQ advocacy and cultural change. They fight for the rights of LGBTQ people. They had a deal with Pop-Tarts, apparently, to make a pink lemonade Pop-Tart with neon pink filling. That sounds delicious, by the way. Uh, um, you know, the gayer it is, the more delicious it is, it seems to me, when, we, when it comes to flavors. All the gay flavors are awesome. They're always like strawberry, oh, lemonade, cotton candy. Oh, those gay flavors are awesome. I'm all for gay flavors. I want more gay flavors in my life, guys. I'll give you my address if you want to mail me some gay Pop-Tarts. I'm down. <laughs> the gayer my Pop-Tarts, the better, to be honest with you. I want my gay Pop-Tarts like... You know, that come right from right straight from the gay nightclub. That's how I want my gay Pop-Tarts. I want them all hot and ready to go. <laughs> so it says here, in addition to the gay Pop-Tarts, this white nationalist is accusing Kellogg's of other stuff, such as having a Pride cereal. I don't know about the Pride cereal, some limited edition. It was rainbow heart-shaped cereal. Wow, it sounds delicious. See, I told you the gay flavors are amazing. Um, the complaint also cites drag queen... RuPaul's appearance on the on a Cheez-Its box in September and Tony the Tiger posing with transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney at the Tony Awards in June as well. Oh, Tony the Tiger, oh, hanging out with transgenders. Can't have that. It's a fictitious tiger person on the cereal box, bro. Really? <laughs> oh, man, it's so exhausted. So exhausting being a conservative, isn't it? You're constantly having to fabricate evidence for your paranoid fantasies. <laughs> Got to look for gay everywhere. Where's the gay? I know it's around here somewhere. So I want to get rid of this gay. Flamingos. Hmm, very pink. I'm thinking these birds are quite gay. Oop, Corvettes. I think Corvettes could possibly be gay. You know what? I think we should get together and cancel flowers. Flowers should be canceled. (laughs) Flowers are gay. I know, they had to t- they're trying to take Shakespeare out of classrooms, these conservatives, because they talk about sex. Oh my God, sex. It's not even sex, it's just romantic love between a, a man and a woman. Like, what's so bad about that? I mean, what do you think your kids are doing with the smartphone, man? You don't think your kids are watching some people get it on, get it on with the smartphone? They're watching people get it on. I'm just letting you know, they're watching people get it on, and they're eating gay cereal. They just are, just FYI, <laughs> as they should. <laughs> When I was a kid, I watched people get it on as often as I could. I had to use a a DVD to do it. 
But hey, man. Yeah. And if there was any gay cereal around, I, w- I would eat it. We didn't really have gay cereal back then, but I would have ate that shit. I mean, I like Lucky Charms. That's pretty close to a gay cereal. Uh, anyways, I got to wrap this story up. I feel awful anyways that I'm already giving a platform for this this guy and his stupid ideas. I mean, it's horrible. Uh, no one should be covering this, but I, I thought it was so bizarre. I, I thought I'd get into it. So m- why not use my platform to just say, this guy's an idiot. I mean, and his ideas are so paranoid. Anyone who thinks that a Pop-Tart, some sort of frosty breakfast treat is going to turn your children gay or sexualize them in some way is, is just a paranoid schizophrenic out of their mind. This is sociopath. This is psychopathy. This person needs help, therapy, pills. I don't know what they need. They need God. No, probably less God. <laughs> Maybe God has led them to this. Maybe they need a different God to take them out of this. I mean, it's just, it's just entirely cockamamie and it's, it's just a sign of cultural immaturity. Sadly, sadly it is. And I do have to say for those of you who live in another country, perhaps you've never had a pop tart. Well, don't let this story turn you off of it. Don't let this man's ideas turn you off from these delicious breakfast treats. I recommend strawberry frosted very strongly. No, no, no. Pop tarts, definitely not gay. Although, uh, cinnamon pop tarts totally blow, so maybe they are gay. <laughs> Stupid. After less than a year of marriage, a singer has divorced her handsome ghost of a Victorian soldier. Welcome to journalism 2023, guys. <laughs> this is more of a palate cleanser story, I would say. A singer who married what she claims was a ghost of a Victorian soldier has said they are divorcing less than a year later. This songwriter and performer who goes only by the name Brocarde said that she first met her devilishly handsome Eduardo when he burst into her bedroom one dark and stormy night. The 40-year-old from Oxfordshire said long-haired Eduardo immediately announced his love for her and later began confiding in her. Their spirited love affair hit the headlines when the singer Bricarde announced they were marrying in a chapel on Halloween in 2022. I can't remember if I even covered this story back in 2022. I have covered numerous stories of women marrying ghosts and even a woman who married a 747 plane and a woman who married a bridge, a woman who married a zombie doll and a woman who married herself. People are lonely out there. (laughs) The singer posted a video of her wedding ceremony on Instagram where she was seen wearing all black with an empty space where invisible Eduardo was said to have been standing, according to her. I mean, you really got to give it up to her friends and family for going through with this charade and sort of legitimizing her fantasy on some level. I don't know if I could uh, be such a good friend if someone invited me to their wedding and I found out they were marrying the ghost of a Victorian soldier. I, I don't know if I could go through with it. Those are some good friends right there. Unfortunately, shortly after they married, Bricarde said she was angry that her husband got too drunk on their honeymoon. <laughs> He got drunk on the honeymoon in Barry Island, Wales. <laughs> what, what was he drinking, huh? What's that? <laughs> so, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I was try, trying to think of a popular Victorian alcoholic beverage. Absinthe, perhaps? This <laughs> the ghost just couldn't lay off the absinthe. The singer added that Eduardo would often become increasingly possessive and would switch between being warm and intense and then threatening. She says, quote, 
After our initial meeting, Eduardo slowly revealed more about himself to me. I saw his images as a Victorian soldier. He was always in his uniform, even on our wedding day. His face is devilishly handsome. Shoulder-length, unruly hair. He looks lived in, well-worn, troubled almost. There's a pain attached to his being. Yeah, pain, you think? He's dead. That, of course he's in pain. He's dead. Hi, okay, okay, okay. Pills, baby, pills. There's pills for this, I think. Says here, the singer, songwriter, poet, and performer also says that she was sick and tired of Eduardo's unsettling fascination with Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> he wasn't even alive when Marilyn Monroe was around. He got a little obsessed with her later on. Perhaps he tried to marry her and she turned him down. You know, it's just, I mean, it's hard when you have to break up with a ghost. It really is. <laughs> the Bricarde claims the soldier's crush on the late iconic Hollywood actress began on their wedding day when he spotted the spirit of Marilyn Monroe in the chapel. Oh, Marilyn Monroe was at your wedding. Okay. <laughs> oh, man, I think I saw her at my softball game last week, too. So she's getting around these days. Now, this jilted lover claims that the soldier ghost would disappear for days. Yeah, that's right. That's what they do. They disappear for days before returning. And when he returned, according to her, he smelled of Chanel Number no. 5, the fragrance which had been Monroe's favorite perfume. <laughs> he smelled like Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> wow, the levels of psychopathy. I feel horrible. This is terrible, man. The singer claims setting boundaries with the ghost really infuriated Eduardo. He allegedly started to haunt her with the sound of a screaming baby. Oh, that's, you know, I hate when that happens. Bricarde says she returned to the chapel where they married in order to exorcise him from her mind. Wow, isn't that ironic how she's ghosting a ghost, you know? <laughs> well, his, obviously his spirit wasn't into it, and he's a bit of a deadbeat. Um, I'd imagine uh, breaking up with your ghost husband is like really getting a load off your chest because I'd imagine everywhere you go, you just have to get tired explaining how you've uh, married a ghost and all the, and the fallout of that. You know? So <laughs> she can get back to normalcy now. So I guess uh, for any of you fellas that are living in over in Oxfordshire, we've got a new, there's a new woman on the market here. So <laughs> and I'd imagine it's, it's probably pretty easy to be better than a devilishly handsome Victorian ghost who's obsessed with absinthe and Marilyn Monroe, so go get her! Yay! A Florida man is arrested, and while the police were searching him for drugs, he said, Wait, there's more! Wait, I have more drugs, guys! An Oklawaha man, Oklawaha, Florida, never heard of it. He was arrested on some drug charges after he pulled a bag of narcotics out of a very secret place, which I will tell you about later in the story. We're going to keep you on the edge of your seat. Florida man Stephen Mattingly, age 35, was charged with possession of fentanyl and drug paraphernalia. Now, I haven't said that word in quite a while. It's usually affiliated with Florida stories. I've said it on many a Florida Friday episode, but haven't in a while. So let's enjoy that word again. He had drug paraphernalia, guys. After he was pulled over on Highway 27 at 6 p.m., the police pulled him over in his pickup truck because he wasn't wearing a seatbelt. So strange to me that the Florida police are pulling people over for not wearing a seatbelt, given all the other things that Florida men are doing down there. That's just, that's just my opinion. Uh, now, the officers, after pulling him over, 
noticed that he had a dishwasher in the back of the truck that wasn't secured properly. So in Florida, they're concerned about these sorts of things. Meanwhile, people are walking around with a, a gun behind their balls everywhere, and that's okay for the most part. You just can't bring it into a facility, but you can have it behind your balls. You can conceal carry it. Anyways, I digest. Uh, the officer conducted the traffic stop and spoke to the Florida man who said he normally doesn't wear his seatbelt anyways, <laughs> especially when he's moving cargo. That's just his thing. He's like, I don't wear seatbelts when I'm moving cargo, when I'm on the job, when I'm on the clock. I'm not wearing a seatbelt. It crimps my style, bro. Uh, when asked for a driver's license, proof of insurance, registration, the man said he had never been pulled over before and did not know what to look for, did not understand what he was being asked for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is what they asked for, a driver's license. Uh, when you get pulled over, you know, you, you know about the driver's license? You know, it, it exists and you should have one if you're driving around. You also have to have a, a registration for the vehicle. You know, there's a, there's a record of this vehicle, right? You know about that? This poor Florida man doesn't know much. He does know about drugs, though. Uh, the police found that Mattingly had a lengthy driving history, previous encounters with law enforcement. So that means he's not telling the truth about he doesn't know what to do. He has numerous offenses. Now, due to the discrepancy in his statement, the officer asked if there was anything such as guns or drugs in the vehicle. That's what they do. They ask you. When they think you're lying to you, they ask for the drugs. And you don't even need to ask a Florida man if he has drugs on him. They, they got it, man. And you ain't got to ask a Florida man if he got guns on him. They got it, bro. They got it. You should just say, hey, okay, now, could you just show me the guns and the drugs? Just that's, That should be the, the thing you say. Show me the guns and the drugs. This Florida man denied having anything of that nature, but the officer observed a container of Narcan inside an open glove box. The officer asked if he consumed narcotics, to which the Florida man said he got them from his doctor at the clinic. The officer asked to search the vehicle. The Florida man agreed. As he got out of the vehicle, a glass pipe with burnt residue fell out onto the pavement. <laughs> the first step there. <laughs> ting, ting, ting. What's that? Oh, just a glass pipe I got from my doctor. Anything else on you? You're going to have to look. The residue tested positive for fentanyl, so the Florida man was detained. Further search of the vehicle turned up a green glass pipe with burnt residue underneath the right panel. That's for smoking the meth. He got a pipe for the meth, a pipe for the fentanyl, he got a pipe for the crack, and then a pipe for his cannabis. That's to sleep at night. Additionally, they found a folded up piece of paper with a brown powdery substance in the, behind the mirror. It later tested positive for fentanyl and methamphetamine. Inside a can in one of the cup holders behind the driver's seat was an unknown liquid containing multiple solid pieces floating inside that appeared to match the narcotics already found. This guy is a veritable drug farm in his truck. All of this was seized and sent off for testing. The man was placed under arrest as the officer was leaving the traffic stop to take him to jail. The Florida man Mattingly told the, the police to stop, stop, hold on, because, quote, he said, there's more. There's more drugs, <laughs> to which they said, where are these drugs, in your vehicle? He said, no, up my butt. <laughs> Another butt-related story here, of course. What do you expect for Florida Friday? Uh, Mr. Florida man was removed from the vehicle where he was able to pull the object out of, the, out of his anus on his own. The officer tried to uh, retrieve the tied-off plastic bag which contained an off-white and yellow powdery substance that later tested positive for fentanyl. 
And he was taken to the jail. He had fentanyl in his butt. <laughs> Wait, there's more. <laughs> Hold on. I got to take my cuffs off. I got to get my pants up. Ooh, let me push for a little while. Wait, there's more. Ooh, wait, guys. There's more. Ooh. One bag comes up. Two bag comes up. Followed by a small gun. <laughs> Florida man keeps everything in his butt. The U.S. military is asking the public to help them find the missing $80 million stealth fighter jet. It's pretty stealth, guys. The military can't even find the damn thing. It's very stealth, doing what it was designed to do, not be detected. Uh, they did too good of a job designing this F-35 aircraft, apparently. It's gone missing somewhere over South Carolina yesterday. So keep your eye out oh, your eye out for this F-35 stealthy jet. I think I'll uh I think I might like go see if it's behind my apartment or something. Maybe like ask if my neighbors have seen it. Hey, have you guys seen an F-35 jet anywhere? It's kind of stealthy. Just trying to find it. <laughs> what do you get if you find this? A reward? What is the military offering? Let's dive into this story. The military searching for a missing $80 million stealth fighter. They need the general public to help them find it, they're saying in a statement. They're asking the public to help find the stealthy jet. Now, it says here on yesterday, Sunday, Charleston Air Base in South Carolina noted in multiple social media posts that it was assisting the Marine Corps Air Station in searching for a missing F-35B Lightning II after it was involved in a, quote, mishap well let's find out what this mishap was here's a quote on the facebook post really the military is just making announcements like this on facebook seems awfully strange to me here's the facebook post the pilot ejected safely and was transferred to a local medical center in stable condition emergency response teams are still trying to locate this f-35 the public is asked to cooperate with military and civilian authorities as the effort continues to find this missing stealth F-35. Okay, now the article goes on to say they have a clue of where the last known position of the fighter jet was. So if you guys happen to be in this area, maybe grab your metal detector and go out there and go spelunking for a very expensive stealth jet. You could probably get tens of millions of dollars on eBay for this very stealthy jet. You can even put in the title, so stealthy, the military couldn't find it. So get your stealth jet here on eBay. We'll begin the bidding at 15 mil. But this thing's worth 80 million. See the link I've provided. <laughs> All right, we have, apparently, according to the airbase, the jet's last known position is in the area north of JB Charleston around Lake Moultrie and Lake Marion. So anybody up near these lakes, maybe the jet fell into the lake that's a possibility in which case you should get your snorkeling gear and get on out there put on some floaties go looking for the jet it might not be so easy to find this jet though it says here when the pilot ejected from the aircraft it was still in autopilot mode uh, they have a spokesperson for the military here saying the jet could possibly still be airborne <laughs> it could still be flying <laughs> so then it might not be in this area north of J.B. Charleston around these two lakes. It could be far from those areas if it's still airborne. <laughs> How is it still airborne flying? Why did this guy jump out? The pilot got out and left it in autopilot? That seems so strange. 
All right, so the government also says the transponder is not functional on this stealthy jet for reasons they haven't yet determined. This makes it more difficult to locate the fighter jet, which features stealthy technology that deliberately hides it from radar systems. It's so stealthy. My goodness. Someone asked on Twitter, how is there not a tracking device? And we're asking the public to what find a jet and turn it in? What the heck? I agree. Person on Twitter, also known as X. How is there not a tracking device? Well, there's a transponder, which isn't working, but you should have backup tracking devices in case, I don't know, a pilot decides to just jump out while it's still flying for some reason. I still don't know why he did that. What, a spider crawled on his hand? <laughs> what did he just jump out of an aircraft for, man? It's so crazy. Now, this uh, spokesperson from the military base says, quote, the aircraft is stealth, so it has different coatings different designs that make it more difficult than a normal aircraft to detect. Yeah, we got it. It's stealthy. I'll bet you China already has this damn thing. <laughs> they repainted it. They're going to unveil it next month as their new stealthy fighter jet themselves. <laughs> the, the base is saying uh, anyone with information that would assist them in recovering the F-35 stealthy jet if anybody knows its whereabouts, please contact the 2nd Marine Aircraft Wing Public Affairs Office at 252-466-3827. The local search is also being conducted in coordination with the Federal Aviation Administration. It remains unclear why the pilot ejected from the jet. They're still saying it remains unclear. How about you ask him? I mean, I, you know, does, isn't he your employee? Unless he just hasn't been recovered himself. Is he, have you not found the pilot? Did he just eject and then run through the woods? Maybe he's swimming in one of those lakes. You should find this guy and ask him why he ejected from the jet. He should tell you. He's your employee. You should get down to the bottom of this. Okay, military. And you shouldn't be posting on Facebook all of your mistakes. I mean, that's a bad look for us. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's other world powers out there trying to take us down. And you guys are posting your stupidity. On Twitter and Facebook, this just seems like some terrible decisions by the military. That's just me. I'm not a military operative of any sort. I know nothing about it. I just wouldn't post my mistakes all over social media. A man is accused of trying to hire a prostitute for his horse. <laughs> I'm going to repeat that title because it's a doozy. A man is accused of trying to hire a prostitute for his <laughs> horsey. A prostitute for his horsey. Oh, it's been a good horsey. I want to reward my good horsey with a prostitute. Most people reward their good horse with, I don't know, carrots or perhaps uh, a few sugar cubes. <laughs> Not this guy. He's like, I'm going to get you a prostitute, buddy. Plot twist. The prostitute's name is Sugar Cubes. Hey! <laughs> Stupid. All right, enough of the jokes. Let's get into these, the details of this horseplay. This guy's in western Washington. A Longview man is accused of attempting to hire a prostitute online for himself and his miniature horse. Oh, the old hooker horse threesome. The Zoophilia combo platter. This guy's name is Jad Shipman. He's 48 years old, quite bored, has a little expendable cash. He got a tax return recently. He's like, I'm going to have a good time this weekend, me and my horse. Now, he's been booked in the county jail for first-degree attempted animal cruelty and one count of patronizing a prostitute, according to the court documents. Um, Mr. Jad Shipman uh, 
was communicating with an individual on a forum-based website where users can solicit prostitution. Shipman allegedly offered to pay $440 to a prostitute to travel to Longview, Washington, to uh, touch him and to touch his miniature horse as well in a sexual manner. According to the report, Shipman told the potential prostitute that he was having a difficult time finding a willing participant to join him. And he said, quote, the last two gals I asked said it was noticeably outside their comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, it's outside their comfort zone. Yeah. Oh, what a surprise. They don't want to uh, sexually please you and your miniature horse at the same time. <laughs> wow. What prudes these girls are, huh? You can't, you know, you used to get a prostitute to, to go to bed with you and your animals. Not anymore. Sheesh. <laughs> uh, it turns out uh, the, the prostitute on the forum reported this individual. I mean, imagine for you to shock a prostitute for you to... <laughs> For you to insult a prostitute, what you have to what you have to offer the 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 degenerate place you have to go for a prostitute to say, you know what, you're a sick individual. I'm going to report you to the authorities. Which you'd imagine she's going to jeopardize her own position and possibly the uh, you know the position of the prostitute forum itself, reaching out to the authorities. That's how much this guy freaked her out. A deputy arrived at Shipman's residence and saw two miniature horses on his property. A resident told the deputy that Shipman was a partial owner of these animals. Four days later, Shipman sat down for an interview with the local deputies who reportedly told them after being read his rights. He told them that he did offer an individual cash for some sexual purposes. He admitted during the interview also that he had had prior sexual contact with some animals as well. I love how this guy just spilled the beans, you know? He just <laughs> We'd like to ask you about uh, miniature horses and prostitution. Oh, yeah, I'm into it. I'm into it. Yeah, I, I've had some sexual contact with animals, I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. You ever been duck hunting? Well, you ain't been duck hunting with me before. Hey, hey. sometimes we got some downtime, and I like to get a little frisky with the dogs. All right, clearly this guy's got a mental uh, disability of some sort. Um, very, very deviant, very deviant. Um, these fetishes often slip into the realm of, uh, I would say, complete psychopathy. This, this guy's no different. He could have gotten out of all of this if he just told the police something like, uh, my horse, that's what I call my penis. A man drove into a police station while blasting Guns and Roses. This is a strange way for Guns and Roses to promote their upcoming tour. This took place in Jersey. A New Jersey man is facing several charges after authorities say he intentionally crashed his vehicle into a police station while blasting a song by Guns N' Roses. Can you guys guess the name of the song? I'm going to give you some choices. Is it A, Paradise City? Is it B, Welcome to the Jungle? Is it C, Mr. Brownstone? Or is it D, November Rain? If you guys said B, Welcome to the Jungle, you would be correct. He blasted Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses while driving into a police station. It seems very appropriate. It's a great theme song if you're going to drive into a building, I think. Now let's keep reading and find out what the police did to him after he drove into the police station blasting Welcome to the Jungle. Did they bring him to his sh knees knees This incident happened Wednesday. Of last week, surveillance video from the Independence Township Police Department 
shows the vehicle slamming into the building. The song is not captured in the video, sadly, but, you know, you could play it on the side while you watch the video and still have the experience. Um, the police said in a statement that the man's stereo was blaring the song Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses. The man is identified as John Hargreaves. In the video, John gets out of the car with his hands up before he was even arrested by the officers. He was ready for it. He now faces several serious charges, including terrorism. Terrorism? Huh, strange. That carries a maximum sentence of life in prison? That's bizarre. I wouldn't say that this was an act of terrorism at all. At all. Guns Guns N' Roses is lovely. (laughs) If someone someone just, uh, like, invades my space playing Guns N' Roses, I'm not going to say it's terrorism. Uh, Obviously, it's, um, you know, he's driving onto private property and damaging private property, but terrorism seems strange. Now, the police say earlier that day, Hargreaves intentionally crashes SUV into the garage door of a home as well in Liberty Township. (laughs) It's unclear if anyone was hurt in the crashes or what led Hargreaves to crash into these buildings. Can't you ask him? Man, I'm dying to know what his motivation is. And in the previous crash, which was a garage door of a home in the neighborhood, was he playing Guns N' Roses? (laughs) Take me down to the paradise city where the grass is green and the girls are... Oh, shit. (laughs) I drive into police stations around seven and then I go to jail around nine. Do you know where you are? (laughs) Do you know where you are? You're in my garage, baby. (laughs) And you're going to jail. A little drive through. Yeah, I've been driving my SUV, I don't always stay on the street, I like to find a big building to smash, I drove through the station, then I made a dash, then police come find me, they know where I be, I'm driving out all of the need, and I need you, yeah, yeah, cause I need you, who need you, who need you, who drive through buildings. A Florida man barged into a CVS store and demanded all the bottles of Viagra. Not just some of the bottles of Viagra, not a lot of bottles of Viagra. You heard me. I want all the bottles of Viagra. (laughs) He's got a party to go to this weekend. He's very busy on Halloween being a porn star. That's his costume. We have a Florida man here charged with some felonious activity after the police say he threatened employees at a CVS pharmacy demanding, quote, all bottles of Viagra. He also demanded some Adderall and some other drugs, it says. Let's keep reading and find out what else he likes to party with. Our Florida man star of the story is a young individual named Tom Muse. He's only 23. For some reason... His equipment isn't working, even at this young age. How sad, how sad. At 23, man, was I working good. It was all, (laughs) it was all up, 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 up and away. (laughs) No problems there, but Tom is having some issues. So 
How did he solve his problem? Well, he's a Florida man, so he uh, no doubt had a weapon. Walked into an Orlando CVS, handed the pharmacists a note stating that he was conducting an armed robbery. He instructed the pharmacist to bag the available bottles they have of some controlled substances, or else he would shoot the person closest to him. That's right. So not necessarily the pharmacist. It could have been the person behind him in line, the person next to him. The person closest to him is who he threatened to shoot. After being handed the bag of drugs, he left the store and was arrested by police following a short foot pursuit. Once in custody, our Florida man admitted to the police that he traveled from Craxonville, excuse me, Jacksonville, all the way to Orlando to carry out this plan and confessed to a similar robbery elsewhere in central Florida. This guy's just hitting up all the CVSs for his Viagra. Uh, in his defense, he just got on a dating app this past week and he just wants to be ready for, for all his dates. <laughs> Perhaps he was considering a move to the villages and just wanted to fit in. You know how they like the Viagra in the villages. I covered a story about a man that was hoarding Viagra in the villages a couple of weeks ago. Now, I have some juicy details about the incident. Apparently, the Florida man entered the CVS, walked straight to the pharmacy, and handed a note to the worker at the counter. According to the police, at first, she didn't even read the note. Instead, began asking routine questions of the Florida man. <laughs> I'd like to imagine she was asking some health-related questions. So, do you have any um, allergies to medications, sir? <laughs> You're requesting some Viagra. Are you suffering from ED as a result of anti-depression medications? Could you tell we need to take your blood pressure, sir. We want to know how your heart is doing before we give you these Viagras. <laughs> just, re just read the note, lady. The note says everything. I know, I know there's something on the note, but I really, I have some questions for you, sir. <laughs> If you could stand over there, we're going to take your blood pressure and weigh you. <laughs> uh, the police posted the actual note that he gave to the pharmacist on their Twitter account uh, for some reason. Uh, it, the note says at the top in large font, this is armed robbery. Please cooperate. I don't want to hurt you. You are not to alarm anybody or I will shoot the closest person to me. Please follow these directions or I will shoot the closest, and they forgot the T, the closest, closest person to me. <laughs> what if there isn't anybody near him at the time? I will shoot the closest person to me or, or the closest person uh, outside the door in, in the parking lot. I may shoot someone in line at the front of the store on the way out to the parking lot. I'll shoot somebody in the Halloween section if you don't hand over the following. It says bag the following drugs. Oxycodone. All bottles. Hydrocodone, all bottles. Xanax, all bottles. Okay, we get it. You, you could just put bag all bottles of the following. Man, someone's got to teach this guy how to write more concise robbery notes. And it says Adderall, all bottles. Liquid codeine, all bottles. And then lastly, Viagra, all bottles. And then it says, when finished, place the note in the bag and lay down or I will shoot. It doesn't say who, it doesn't say he'll shoot the closest person. It just says he'll shoot. According to the report, uh, one pharmacy worker filled the bags with the drugs that were requested. Did you put all the bottles in there? I said all bottles. Read the note. <laughs> uh, it's signed by a doctor. Another employee took a picture of the note and texted the store manager that they were being robbed. <laughs> How'd you like to get that text if you're the store manager? Um, one of my employees is texting me, hold on. She's probably asking to go to lunch early. Oh, no, it turns out we're being robbed. Someone wants all the bottles, or they're going to shoot the closest person in the Halloween section. It says here that people working at the pharmacy fulfilled the request in the note. 
putting it in the bag when they were finished collecting the drugs and handing it to the defendant. <laughs> Do you mind if we take a picture of your note before we uh, put it in the bag? We just want to keep a record in case you happen to return. We want to make sure that we have your medications on file. Police say they confronted the Florida man as he was leaving the store. That was pretty quick. They caught up with him on foot while he was still holding the bag and holding the note. Yeah, this guy doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Robbery 101 is you eat the note afterward. You eat it. You swallow it. That way there's no record of it, although they took a photo of it, and it's on Twitter forever as a record. The affidavit says the Florida man later confessed and even apologized to the store workers. Did he actually go back to the CVS and apologize to them in a note? Please, please. Oh, you're back again. Okay, how did the drugs work out? Um, Oh, you have a note for us? Well, before we read the note, we'd like to... (laughs) We'd like to take your blood pressure again and see how you're doing. You want to take his temperature, Marcy? Read the note. I'm saying I'm sorry. If you don't read the note, I will say I'm sorry to the, to the person closest to me. It also says here, during the confession, the Florida man claims he did not have a weapon on him at the time. So he was, this was just pure faith, working on faith. Um, it says he's facing some charges such as Robbery in a mask. That's a that's a separate charge. Robbery and there's robbery and then there's robbery in a mask. So and that's kind of weird. But everybody's still wearing masks. It seems he is being charged with trafficking or possession of controlled substances, et cetera, et cetera. He's probably going to do some hard time for this, right? I mean, they'll probably give him a stiff sentence. You know what I'm saying, guys? Come on, come on. Yay! Dozens of birds will be renamed in an effort to shun racism. Many bird species in the United States and Canada will get imaginative new names that reflect their traits and their habitats rather than the names of people. This is according to an announcement from the American Ornithological Society. Did I pronounce that correctly? Ornithological? That's a tough word. The society plans to remove all human names from the common names for birds within its jurisdiction in order to create a more inclusive environment for people of diverse backgrounds interested in bird watching and ornithology. Says here, a total of between 70 and 80 birds in the U.S. and Canada will have new names that aren't so offensive to bird watchers and ornithologists. Did I say that correctly? Well, they're getting very offended by the names. You know, it's, it's hard enough bird watching. You know, you're, you're out there in the cold, in the wind, got your little binoculars. You're just hoping to see some beautiful bird. And then when you see it, the last thing you want is to be like, oh, man, I see the Duck Bill Cosby. Oh, my day is totally ruined. I hate the Duck Bill Cosby. It reminds me of something. It says, following years of controversy over bird names linked to people with racist and genocidal histories, the society's decision thrills scientists and ornithologists who supported a campaign to name birds for themselves. I, did, I had no idea there was such a controversy over bird names. Were you guys aware of this? I, I know about the statues that have been being removed, especially in the southern part of the U.S., We have a quote here from Karina Newsom, an ornithologist. I have a feeling I'm going to have to say ornithologist several more times in this article, and I'm not too excited about it. Karina says, I'm really excited about the change. It's a major change in how we think about bird names, you know? We came to this this decision that we really want bird names, you know, to be about the birds. 
Now, specifically, the society wants new bird watchers hearing bird names for the first time to, quote, feel this is a welcoming environment for people from different backgrounds and just enjoy nature for what it is. Birds are for everyone, they say. Science is for everybody, they say. So they want the new bird watchers hearing a bird name for the first time. You don't want to be offended or shocked when you... Oh, what's that one, mommy? Oh, honey, that's the speckled Mao Tse tongue. <laughs> I need to know some of these names. Let's keep reading and learn. The project was initiated in part to address past wrongs over links to historical figures known for their support of slavery or the genocide of indigenous peoples. New bird names will favor more descriptive names like the blue-footed booby. Oh, like that's not offensive? The booby? I mean... Or the red-headed woodpecker. Uh, it's got pecker in it. What about the kids, man? Think about the kids. They're going to hear pecker for the first time. They're going to hear booby for the first time. That could be shocking to the system. Here's a couple of names that they've deemed inappropriate and that will be changed. We have here the Eskimo Curlew and the Inca Dove, along with the short-tailed Donald Duck, which was named after Trump, and the Arctic Kanye. The Marjorie Taylor Green blue horn feathery thing. That's another one. <laughs> the long-billed Elon Musk. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and the yellow-tailed Hitler. Can't have that. Can't have that. Change these names, man. Right, in all seriousness, <laughs> some of these names are, are, are after people that are not okay. It says here they proposed renaming McCown's Longspur. The... Macown Longspur is a small bird that lives on short grass prairies in the central United States, and it was named after John P. Macown, who first collected a specimen of this species in 1851. But that was before he fought in the Seminole Indian War in Florida in 1856. Also before he participated in an expedition against the Mormons in Utah in 1858, and before he became a general in the Confederate Army in 1861. We have another quote from one of these ornithological persons. If you have a bird named for a person who was a white supremacist, who preached the inferiority of black people, and it's found mainly in the South, if people research the history, they're going to find it extremely offensive. One example is the Scots Oriole. This is a bird named for Winfield Scott, a military general responsible for the Trail of Tears. Well, that guy sounds like a bad guy. So probably shouldn't have a bird named after him or anything, for that matter. But uh, it's, a, it's a slippery slope when you start renaming everything. I mean, how many streets in, in the U.S. are named after people that killed? I mean, basically we have so many things in the U.S. named after a guy that did a lot of killing. It's, it's, it's just everywhere. It's everywhere. Well, this pilot project will begin in 2024, starting with an in initial group from among the 70 to 80 birds that will be renamed in the U.S. and Canada. In total, over time, up to 260 birds with people's names could be reviewed across the Americas and associated islands. Now, they're saying here the public is going to be invited to suggest names for these birds as well in order to build more excitement to learn about birds. So I hope they ask me for some bird name suggestions because I have a few. How about the... White-tailed booby reduction. <laughs> so stupid. I apologize on behalf of myself in the closet. 
and all the bad jokes that I have subjected you to in this segment. A Florida man was caught pooping on a dead possum in public. I mean, is this up for the title of the year award? <laughs> Possibly. Um, Florida man caught pooping onto a dead possum in public. I have so many questions. I have a feeling not many of them are going to be answered. A Florida man has been arrested after he, he was seen defecating onto a dead possum by police officers out in the open where, quote, any other motorists could see him. Was he in the middle of the road? Why don't we do it in the road? Why don't we do it in the road? I'm pooping on a possum right in the middle of the road. This happened about 5.30 p.m. Officers with the Clearview Police Department witnessed Florida man Rudy Wilcox, age 45, re relieving himself onto a dead possum in a public area. All right. According to the... <laughs> Sorry. Okay, okay, all right, brace yourself. According to the arrest affidavit, police saw Rudy's, quote, pants lowered and his anal region exposed. Oh, it was another crack to sack situation. This time there was no fornication with the dead possum, thankfully. Uh, what's weirder, fornicating with a dead possum or defecating on a dead possum? You guys be the voters on that one. <laughs> I wouldn't pa put it past a Florida man to do both of those things in the same story, though. This disturbing sight of Rudy his anal region, his pants lowered, the dead possum between his nether region. This disturbing sight was not just seen by the officers, though. Police say Rudy was, quote, in full view of the motoring public during busy traffic hours. It was 5.30 p.m. That's rush hour. Of all the times for Rudy to be defecating onto a dead possum in the view of the motor traffic. Do you have to do it during rush hour, Rudy? Well, Rudy is an exhibitionist, clearly a defecation exhibitionist. A defecationist. Is that a word? An exhibition defecationist. <laughs> An exhibition defecationist. I think I just made up something, guys, that you could probably only encounter in Florida. All right, uh, let's keep reading and find out what Rudy's motivation was to defecate on the possum on the roadside. Uh, police say that Rudy denied the allegations, actually. Allegedly, he said the officer, quote, doesn't see straight. <laughs> However, police stated that the, quote, physical evidence was viewed at the scene, which corroborates the allegations alleged. So, well, you know, when you when you defecate and you leave it there, Rudy, if you don't pick it up, that is the evidence. That's the physical evidence that corroborates the allegations of you defecating onto a dead possum. Uh, Rudy was arrested for exposure of sexual organs. That's the end. That's it. There's no what is the motive? Can we all <laughs> can we guess? <laughs> Maybe he has a maybe he was backed up. He has a hard time pooping. He's poop shy. We all need our rituals. You know, with with me, it's a uh, that first cup of coffee in the morning that usually gets me onto the throne. Maybe for Rudy, it's <laughs> it's got to be dead blind animals. I, uh, <laughs> what, what do they call these things? Uh, a marsupial. That's it. It's a marsupial. I have a hard time remembering this word. You don't encounter it very often. So maybe Rudy needs to be in the vicinity of a, a dead marsupial for him to go. You know, it's, um, it's marsupial, poopial, <laughs> marpoopial. Wow, sometimes I'm immature. A man was arrested for indecent exposure at a come-and-go gas station. Well, in fairness... <laughs> 
you might take the store name a little too literally. There are people out there who are like this. I was just following instructions. It said, come and go. <laughs> this story is out of Iowa. A man is accused of exposing himself and then taking off from a come-and-go gas station. He denies that he was doing anything more than just, quote, scratching his genitals. The article begins by saying gas stations are home to some of the wildest viral incidents you're going to find. There are some things people just don't want to see, such as a man scratching his genitals out in the open. Uh, the cops received a 911 call from customers at a come-and-go gas station about a man who had allegedly made sexual comments to them and then began touching himself inappropriately. And then when the police arrived, the man had already gone. He came and went. But they canvassed the area with multiple subjects from the area, identifying 54-year-old Kenny Lee Kelly as the man they were looking for. Kenny Lee Kelly. What? 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 I'm just following instructions. I'm coming and I'm going. I want to know what this guy does at the Pump and Munch gas station. Have you guys? <laughs> that's another gas station. Pump and Munch. I prefer to munch before pumping. That's just me. A search warrant turned up the clothes that Kelly discarded. Kelly himself showed cops a um, a hat that he was wearing that's identical to the one worn by the suspect at the gas station as well. So they find his clothes. He was just wearing the hat. Is that what's going on? <laughs> Okay, the victims were able to pick Kelly out from a photo lineup as well. They had to put this guy in a lineup. Could you pick out the man who is scratching his genitals, quote unquote, at the come and go? Could you? Could you point out the guy that you claim came and went at the come and go? Which one of these were at the come and go, coming and going? Can you help us out here? This guy was arrested. He was picked out of the lineup. I'm sure they recognized him from his hat. He was booked in jail for indecent exposure. This guy's got some priors, including felony theft, driving without a license, possession of narcotics. Despite the evidence, Kelly says he's innocent. This is just a giant misunderstanding. Well, no need to brag, Kelly, <laughs> about your giant misunderstanding. When questioned by the police, he reportedly said he was, quote, scratching his genitals, not exposing himself. This, this isn't the first time come and go has made headlines, they say. Last summer, OnlyFans model and Twitch streamer Amaranth bought one of the gas stations for a whopping $8 million. Well, I guess I missed out on that story. Sounds riveting. Who gives a damn what OnlyFans model and Twitch streamer Amaranth buys? Really? If you care about what a Twitch streamer slash OnlyFans model is purchasing. You need to get a, a serious life. You seriously need to get a life. Anyways, back to Kelly from the come and go who came and went. He says, he's innocent. He's innocent. He's saying, this is false advertising. <laughs> Shouldn't I be able to come and go with the come and go? <sighs> Let's hope they don't just sell the big gulp at the come and go. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Mic drop. Russian prisoners are forced to listen to Bon Jovi songs on repeat. Is that supposed to be torture or <laughs> what? Why Bon Jovi? I mean, I think this choice gives torture a bad name. Hey, 
Shot to the heart, and you're to blame. You invaded the Ukraine. Let's find out what's going on in this Russian prison. One of Russia's strictest prisons has a playlist of songs it plays to inmates every single morning over loudspeakers. The playlist includes multiple Bon Jovi songs, hits by the DJ Moby, and even Thunderstruck by ACDC. Oh, I like Thunderstruck. This is all according to a political prisoner that's in this prison. Other songs include the Russian national anthem and some songs about Moscow. This place is called the Kapotnya. 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 I can't say this word. Kapotnya. 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 It's a pre-trial detention center. It's located in the Kapotnya. 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 District. It's 11 miles. It's 11 miles from Moscow city center. That's all you need to know. It has hosted such political prisoners, artists, organized crime figures, business leaders, terrorists, government officials that have been accused of committing various crimes. This is a big time, big time detention center. I still don't know if this music is being played for pleasure or for torture. One of its recent high profile detainees here was opposition leader Alexei Navalny who was held there in quarantine before being transferred to another jail to serve out his nine-year sentence for fraud. All right. This guy's an opponent of the Russian president, Vladimir Putin. So I, I just suppose it's high-profile dissidents. Is dissident a word? I believe it is. I know it's a Pearl Jam song. There's a former inmate describing the harsh conditions in this place. In, in some blog post saying that it was so strict. This person was punished for making a cup of tea after lights out. Oh, my goodness. One political prisoner currently being held at Kapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapok
But I, it just would seem to me that some artists would would violate the Geneva Convention. I mean, if you're playing Adele on a loop, <laughs> that's going to kill me. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I mean, every song by Adele just is like written to make you cry and stab yourself in the eye. I just I can't stand. Is it me? I just hate. I hate Adele music. I just hate it. Oh, I can't. I can't. I can't do it. And if you uh, really want to torture the criminals, if you could just play those BK ads on a loop, those are horrible. Any Spotify account that plays with the ads and a non-paid Spotify account will drive you insane. I can speak from personal experience because I've been listening to, to a Spotify unpaid account for years and I'm just bombarded with horrible, horrible ads. Lately, it's been BK ads for the last three months. Prior to that, it was horrible State Farm ads with Peyton Manning's annoying voice. All of these will drive one insane. All right, and I guess lastly, I'll put it to you, listeners. What artist, artist's song or songs do you find torturous to play on a loop? Please call me, 646-450-2012. I'll now sing a Bon Jovi song in a Russian accent. I walk these streets, loaded six-string on my back. Play for keeps, because I might not make it back. I've been everywhere, still, standing tall. I've seen a million faces, and I've rocked them all. Because I'm a cowboy. On a steel horse I ride. I'm wanted, dead or alive. Yay! Youngsters have kidnapped the baby Jesus. They're demanding ransom on TikTok, as youngsters will. It's okay, guys, don't worry. It's Jesus. He'll be back in three days. In a bizarre turn of, of events that have left this town perplexed and amused, two youngsters pulled off a Christmas caper by kidnapping the baby Jesus from the local nativity scene. This took place in the town of St. Vicente del Respig in Alicante, Spain. Did I mispronounce all of that? Probably. It's fine. It's fine. All you need to know is that the baby Jesus was kidnapped from the nativity scene. It went from nativity scene to captivity scene. Hang in there, Jesus. I mean, <laughs> sorry, that's a bad joke. <laughs> that's definitely a joke I didn't nail. <laughs> I come on the Jesus puns. Who can who can go forward without Jesus puns in a story like this? Anyways, I'm not worried about baby Jesus. He's been through worse. The article says this audacious move reached new heights of eccentricity as the two youngsters that kidnapped the baby Jesus demanded a ransom showcasing their mischievous adventure on the social media platform TikTok. Oh, these youngsters and their ransoms. What do they want? Five packs of Gushers and a box of Captain Crunch? <laughs> we, wa we want chocolate or the baby Jesus will be whipped and crucified. All right, now because of the kidnappers being youngsters, they went to TikTok to demand the ransom for the baby Jesus. Uh, they've boldly named their TikTok account Kidnappers of San Vicente. <laughs> you can see the two young culprits shrouded in mystery, wearing hoodies. Uh, they teased the local police with their demand for ransom for the baby Jesus. In a display of apparent dissatisfaction with the police's custodial skills, the youngsters asserted that, asserted that the baby Jesus needed better care and vowed to cause him harm if their ransom demands were not fulfilled. They declare ominously in the TikTok video, Tonight, 
He sleeps with us. <laughs> These kids, what the... The accompanying video, a production reminiscent of a low-budget thriller, showcases the baby Jesus being held hostage on a bed surrounded by 10 and 20 euro bills. The video concluded with the thieves snatching the sacred figurine and stashing it away in the trunk of their vehicle as well. They're demanding 2,000 euros as ransom, specifically. As the news of this strange Christmas caper spread like wildfire, the city council of St. Vincent expressed its concern and awaited a prompt resolution to the incident. Municipal sources regretted the damage caused and assured that security forces had initiated necessary procedures to unravel this caper. Despite the chaos, the council pledged to ensure the normal progression of their Christmas celebrations with or without the baby Jesus, it turns out. The city council stated emphatically to the police that they weren't offering to pay the ransom. <laughs> wow, these kids, man. <laughs> hey, we got your son of God here, all right? It'd be a shame if, uh, you know, something would have happened to him. Maybe if you could uh, cooperate with our demands, we might have baby Jesus in time for the Christmas holiday this year. Hello, my friends and loyal listeners of the Weird AF News podcast. Thanks for joining me for this, uh, I guess you could call it a sort of a greatest hits episode from 2023. Um, there was so many great weird stories, it was very difficult to narrow it down to like 25 of them. So over two episodes, though, I think, we, I think it was a good representation of the weird year that we were faced with in 2023. And uh, 2024 is already starting out quite weird. So I have a feeling, I have a feeling this is going to be a great weird year as well. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Rick, Rick Falconer, who just became a Patreon member. So shout out to Rick. Appreciate the generosity, Rick, joining the Patreon. It's one of the, one of the nicest things you can do to support Weird AF News is joining the Patreon. So we want to give Rick a thanks. And please enjoy the extra weird content inside the Patreon. I put in, uh, I inserted three videos this morning, as a matter of fact, into the Patreon. So those of you who are members, uh, look for that. Uh, yeah, the Patreon's a great way to support the show. If you'd like to join, go to patreon.com slash weirdafnews or download the Patreon app on your phone. Do a search for Weird AF News or... You can go to weirdafnews.com, the official website of Weird AF News, and click on the Patreon banner that's on the front page. It says Patreon in big letters. Pretty easy. Anyways, uh, if you guys would like to call the show, 646-450-2012. My email is funnyjones at gmail.com. And uh, I'm always available on the, the gram, that is Instagram, at funnyjones. If you'd like to slide into my DMs and wish me a happy new year, um, I would accept that, gleefully accept that. Anyways, appreciate your time. Hope you enjoyed these two best of 2023 episodes. And we're looking forward together to having a very, very weird 2024. And good luck with your life, man. <laughs>